Hello, and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. I am one of your hosts, Jason Simmons, and across from me virtually is your other host, Jack Smith. Hello. And of course, this is Observe and Report. This is the show we watch things and we tell you how we feel about them. Um, and yeah, there we are almost one year into the pandemic at this point. And yeah. sorry to remind everybody of that, but hey. Uh, <laughs> Again, and you made it. You made it. Um, more opportunities to watch things. Um, mm-hmm. And the dwindling content that's coming out from various streaming providers. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's been not that long since we've last spoken to each other about the things that we love to do the most, watch movies and TV. Yeah. Um, but I don't have a huge check of a lot this week as far as uh, things I've seen. I've got some things, either. some things I like, some things like I was like, I can't believe I watched that. Uh, um, <laughs> and continuing some things I've already started to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's get into this. I'll, I'll let you start off if you would like. Or if you oh. don't like, I'll start off. I don't care. Whatever. Uh, I am ready. Okay. Um, and I am prepared with my favorite game, mm-hmm. which is when I tell you the name of a show. And mm-hmm. you have to tell me what you think it's about. I'm going to bet against the house on this one. I'm going to bet that the words you say out of your mouth, I've already heard, and I know what the show is about. So come at me. Oh, okay. It's I'm called Esther for Skin Yin. That's not a real thing you watched. Esther for Skin Are you serious? This is a thing? Yes, Jason. Esther look how look where hubris has gotten you jason <laughs> i don't know what those words are i'm guessing it's some kind of icelandic um but all right esther for singing um so <laughs> esther obviously uh the hero of our story um esther is a young girl and we're in world war ii iceland oh. okay it's after. 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 E F T E R. After for skin. Aren't real words. <laughs> <laughs> it's all one word. Okay. All right. So let me tell you something about the fifth dimension, okay? It's a weird place. <laughs> all right. And there are weird things that happen there. And people have weird names. So this is an, an imp of chaos. It's SF for singing, okay? And they come here once every 500 years to wreak havoc and cause chaos. And the only way to send them back to their own plane of existence is to say that name backwards. And boom, just like that. SF for singing, Esther. That's how you send them back. Okay. So it's like a fifth dimension rumple token. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I cheated a little bit because there's an English translation that's just the investigation. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> um, and so it is um, on HBO. It's a uh, it's not a documentary, um, but it is about this case that you might have heard about. It was remember how long ago no more than five years i don't think mm-hmm. um and the female journalist in uh, copenhagen she meets up 
with this guy who built his own submarine and then she went missing. All right. You're that's going to happen to you. Like <laughs> <laughs> I think everything that they just said, like well, case closed. She met a man that built his own submarine. Anything that happens to her after that is is up to fate, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, or the submarine sank. That's what I feel happened. Well, um, let me... So, the only person in this that you would recognize um, is from Game of Thrones. His, his name... Is Pilua Sebak? Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you? Are you? No, I'm not. One hundred percent not looking it up. Like I, I say that name because uh, he is super Danish, and also yeah. <laughs> because he was um, he was in Ghost in the Shell, and he was also in uh, oh. Outside the Wire, um, featuring Anthony Mackie, which we talked about uh, last episode. He was in that. Mm-hmm. Who was he? He was um like the uh the 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 war chief like the the, the general of like the rebels um the guy that they oh, were going after yes. the entire time. Yes, 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 yes. That's Who right. Got that's right. Ruined. <laughs> I so I watched that, but it was so it was like immediately after I spoke to you, so I don't remember any of it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so he is he plays um. A, uh, a prosecutor and um, it's, it's really good the acting is fantastic and it's shot really well and I would not be surprised if it was shot by someone who directs or does some kind of you know stuff as documentaries because some of the some of the shots and stuff has a very kind of documentary look to it mm-hmm. um and the main character, uh, the main actor is Thorin Malling, and he plays the main uh, detective. And it's not, um, oh, and the mom, the woman who plays the mom of Anakin in the prequel. Oh, Jesus. I'm glad she the got... mother of the victim. Yep. Well, she got more work in like the last 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, it's not fast it's not like I haven't it's just so slow in Danish but it's so good and it <laughs> looks so good Danish. Um, and it's not overly sentimental which is nice like the drama is in the story so they're not trying to like hack on all this emotion and stuff mm-hmm. um also, I feel like they're not a particularly emotional people. To be fair, this also sounds very dated. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is refreshing because it completely focuses on the victim. Like, I don't even know what... I don't think they've... They've barely shown you what the um, suspect even looks like. It's very much... They're trying to search for her body and stuff and figure it out and it's just nice that it's not in any way romanticizing anything about the crime it's um it's very stark and um like respectful if you will of everything that happened i don't know it's fantastic i think um 
a lot of people, it's like <laughs> quietly become very like popular on HBO, mm-hmm. even though it's called Extra Force Union, um, because it's really good, and I would recommend it. To play that in contrast to another uh, HBO Max exclusive right now, The Little Things. Um, oh God, yeah, it is the opposite in every way. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I say that in the sense because like you know the little things um they don't spend any time with the victims <laughs> insofar as nope. like, what their lives were why nope. oh, how, what brought them to these circumstances like yeah it is all about 100%. the people who committed the crimes and the people who are solving the crimes so this mm-hmm. plays that in contrast where like you care about the people through the process of like you know the investigation yeah totally okay yeah it's great I, I, mean, I recommend it. That's not so nice contrast. And also, like, um, is this something that premiered in this year? Or is this yeah, something, no. something that was, like, translated, you know? Um, oh, I don't know when it appeared, like, it um, was on in Europe. I think it's, it's already done in Europe. And I think was like, three or four episodes in over here. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure how many episodes total it is because I don't want. I forgot what happened in the case. So I'm afraid to Google it and spoil things for myself. Um, I'm guessing it's six or eight episodes. Um, but if you like true crime stuff, or really like, if you just like a good drama, I think you'd enjoy it. It's really good. Okay, all right. Like if you're yeah. into like some 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 crime drama, mm-hmm. this is something for you. Okay. But you also appreciate like good filmmaking. I think you would enjoy it. Okay, imagery and just like the way the camera yeah. moves and like the lighting and just the, the filmmaking process of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, to complement that with like another uh, foreign project that I started mm. watching last night and I started uh, actually really enjoying, uh, Lupin on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's really enjoyable. Um, I'm I'm liking this take on the character of Arsene Lupin. Um, and I'm glad that I guess more of the world gets to know this character. Um, I'd say like if you have like an his- a historical um, literary equivalent, it's like he's Francis Sherlock kind of, in okay. the sense like this is like a legendary character that's been like you know written about tons of times and has had many television interpretations, and this is like the most recent one, um, and it's quite good. I, I like what's happening uh, on that show. Um, yeah, the story of Lupin is like that of a, a gentleman thief, if you will. <laughs> All right, he's dashing, he's smart, like, you know, he uh, is able to get into places unseen and unknown. No one knows who he really is, unless he wants mm-hmm. to know. Um, but it's uh, it's quite good. It stars uh, Omar, Omar Sy, um, and... He's so charming. Oh, man. He's super charming, but what I find very funny oh. about... Um, <laughs> the character of Lupin is that he's supposed to be like, you know, anonymous guy that blends into the crowd. He does not blend into any crowd. He is very nope. recognizable and nope. stands out like in a big way, like an enjoyable way. Mm. Um, but yeah, the uh, the series, uh, well, the first episode, the pilot episode was directed by uh, Louis uh, or Louis Leterrier. <laughs> Um, and he's known for like you know some some mid to late two thousand hits um, like the Transporter, um, like two thousand eight's Incredible Hulk featuring uh, Ed Norton, um, Jet Li's Unleashed. So he knows how to do you know action very well, mm. despite there not being a huge amount in the first episode. But like you see it like 
open up a bit more to that. Okay. Um, and it looks really good. Um, in this version of the character, um, he is, you know, still the gentleman thief, still like, you know, stealing from the very rich. Um, but at the same time, uh, he himself came from nothing. And it seems as if his father is uh, also a thief to some degree. Ooh. And has taught him with the tools of the trade. Gotcha. And he's like committing these crimes as like a form of revenge for his father, as well as like, you know, to hurt the wealthy kind of. You mean when you say revenge, you mean revenge against his father? No. Um something spoil anything. Um okay. something happens where it's like you you understand why he's doing this. It doesn't come from okay, nowhere. Cool. He doesn't just decide one day, like, you know, it'd be cool to steal from the rich. <laughs> I mean, I have that thought every day. <laughs> yes, we do, and we should. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all our rich listeners out there. All <laughs> none of you. <laughs> oh God, Jeff Bezos is not gonna. Uh, he's gonna unsubscribe instantly. Oh no. <laughs> What else? There goes uh, our glowing review in the Washington Post. Oh God, the beacon of impartiality. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. How many episodes is Lupin? Uh, I believe it is only six to start out with. Oh, I could be wrong about that. Okay. I have to double check. But um, it's kind of like um, you know, the most recent iteration of Sherlock from BBC, where it's like gotcha. episodes for the first season. Um, but Netflix promises, you know, season two is on its way. Oh, okay. Did it feel like season one could have just wrapped up just with that, and it would have all been well contained, or does it? I'm not far enough yet to say to oh, say that. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, each episode is about forty-five-ish minutes or so. Okay. Um, yeah, it's 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 off to a good start for me. I, I like where this is going. I've heard, I know a couple of people who've watched it who who have all enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I was gonna say similarly, kind of similarly. Um, I have been watching Psych. <laughs> I like um, Psych with James Roday and Dulé Hill. Yes. Fantastic show. <laughs> and I only say similarly because it's a guy who learned a lot from his dad. And because of these skills, he's applying them. Let um, me just interject for a second. I have always mm-hmm. thought that Dexter and Psych are parallel shows. Well, I've never seen Dexter. <laughs> um, it's again, like you just said, a guy whose father taught him some skills that have impacted his life greatly and what they do. <laughs> they both take place in sunny beachside towns. Yeah. And have strong bonds with their siblings. <laughs> That's the premises start similarly. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have a sibling, so do you mean like with Dulé Hill? Yes, 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 yes. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, so it is about uh, this young guy, in, I guess like in late 20s, early 30s, um, played by James Rodé Rodriguez, um, and which it bummed me out that he. Like Rodriguez is his last name, but he hadn't used it because yeah. racism. And now mm-hmm. he he's like, I'd like to use my last name because I'm half Mexican. Yeah. Um. So I was like, Yeah, I do. Um. So it's about him and his best friend, who's played by Dulé Hill, and they're hilarious together. Um. They've been friends since they're little kids, and um, 
his name is Sean Spencer, and his dad was um, was a police officer, and he was always teaching um, young Sean to like be super like hyper perceptive and observant. And so he's been um, kind of bopping around to different jobs. He's a little bit aimless, and so he decides to use these uh, skills to. Ad- pretend that he's psychic so he can help solve a case with the Santa Barbara Police Department. Um, <laughs> and then he starts his own agency called Psych um, with his best friend, uh, Burton Guster. And it's uh, delightful. Is it homophobic? Yes. Here and there, they'll make a comment that it just makes you go, ooh. And mm. I, it's not malicious, it's just that, and I'm not defending it in any way, but it was of that time period where people like would just throw things around like that's gay and you're just like, Oh no. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only unfortunate part of it. It only comes up here and there, but enough that I noticed. Um, but overall it's super funny and lighthearted. Um, and it's super fun. So it's how, my comfort show. How deep uh, into it have you gotten so far? Ooh, uh, I'm definitely in season three. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I think it's like, there's like six seasons and two movies. Mm-hmm. And I um, believe a reboot coming sometime soon. or like Possibly, a, yeah. Or another season of it or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching it on Amazon Prime. And, um, you know, when I first watched it, how old was I? How old were we when it first came out? About 17, 18, maybe. Okay. Um, so when I was that age and I was watching it, I was like, man, his dad, his dad is notoriously like very hard on him mm-hmm. or was hard on him as a kid and is very critical of him as an adult. Um, and he is, but watching it as a 34 year old, I was like, he's a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> he's giving me some structure. I have, I have a very different opinion of him. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's super fun and lighthearted, but still um, solving a mystery. So I've been enjoying it. I love the theme song to that show. Um, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's very quick, like less than 30 seconds and like mm. just a lot of fun. Very memorable, yeah. very catchy. So upbeat, yeah. I like um, it. For me, this comes out in like one of like the... the it's weird to say to me, like a golden age of USA, if ever there was Yo, such a thing. Jason, Burn Notice. <laughs> you got this. It was great. Yeah, Burn Notice, you got Psych, you got um, The Dead Zone, you got Monk, all like concurrently oh, yeah. airing. Air, airing. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like you can't be in USA unless you are a detective involved <laughs> in solving crimes. <laughs> Like, they know their audience it. wanted, and they gave it to them in many flavors. <laughs> and then shortly after that, they also came out with, um, what was the one where there was a guy who was a doctor? Oh, Royal Pains? Yeah, that came out. I think and, Suits came out afterwards. And White Collar. White? White Collar. <sighs> white oh, collar. I loved White Collar. White Collar, Suits, and Royal Pains are all the same show, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're not, because only one of them has the most beautiful man in the world, Matt Bomer. He's so handsome. <laughs> and they had at, at every opportunity to get him shirtless, they did. And I could not appreciate that more. They had that man shirtless 
like once an episode. It was great. He was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh. like they, they, that sh- those shows were very interchangeable to me <laughs> as far as what was happening. They were. And what but do you I... wear in a suit? A white collar, okay? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but then, yeah, it switched from like, hey, these are detectives solving everyday crimes to like, we need to get into the nitty gritty of corporate America <laughs> and the rich. <laughs> yeah, I never, um, I never got into, I don't think I ever watched Suits really. I maybe watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I watched some of White Collar. I don't think I ever finished it. What was the other one? Oh, Royal Pains. I watched a couple episodes of Royal Pains. And to jump back very quickly to uh, Psych, have you seen a recent picture of uh, Timothy Osmondson from that show? He's amazing looking at this point in time. And he had a stroke that like um, left him. Yeah, I can't remember when. A couple years ago, I think. Um, And he was partially paralyzed for a while. Wow, I did um, not know that. Yeah. Um, but he has the most gorgeous head of hair of any man on the planet. It you, is incredible. You wouldn't think it from Psych, but like that dude like doesn't clean up well, I would say. Like his once he let it grow out and you're gonna get something yeah. beautiful. <laughs> let it go wild and it's just like such a <laughs> he goes from when he has short hair he looks, uh, I mean, it fits his character. He's very uptight and stuff. Mm-hmm. But man, when he lets that hair grow, you're just like, what? Look at this manly man. <laughs> oh, oh, gorgeous. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, that is, that's all I have to say about that. It was worth bringing up. He was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what else uh, I will bring up, uh, oh, uh, I watched uh, for the first time uh, The Wedding Ringer, um, starring Kevin Hart um, and uh, God, why is it Josh, uh, not Duhamel. Uh, um, God. The other one? <laughs> no. Goodness gracious. Oh. Um, yeah, Josh, Josh Gad. Gad. Jesus Christ. Uh, Josh Gad and Kevin Hart and uh, Kaylee Kuko. Um, and it's fine. Like it's it's yeah it's a very disposable comedy, um but it's fun at points. Um, it definitely feels like a comedy from 2010. It was made in 2015, which I keep forgetting. Mm-hmm. It was way more recent than I thought. <laughs> um, yeah. Basic premise of the movie being that Josh Gad is a uh, uh, a man who is getting married to Kelly Kuko. However, uh, he Co- realizes Coco. that Kuoko, excuse me. Um, <laughs> He realizes that he doesn't have any uh, any best men or a, a wedding party of his own. Basically, um, he has no friends. That's a real red flag <laughs> uh, in terms of dating. Like, that's not good. They give the explanation that because he moved around so much, he never was able to like build any close bonds to anyone. Like he, what and then he got absorbed into his work. Though? What do you, yeah, but you meet people at work. You don't have one friend. He works for himself, <laughs> apparently. Oh, boy. So, yeah, his life uh, ended up being where he had no close friendships. So he uh, hires on... Kaylee, run. <laughs> so he hires on Kevin Hart to uh, act as his best man. And, of course, hijinks ensue. 
Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's okay. Um, I, I remember that Olivia, Olivia Thrillby is in this movie. She's so cute. She disappeared off the face of the earth. Like, yeah. <laughs> she had nothing else to do. Like, I don't know what happened to her. But, like you know, actually. you know how these movies go. Uh, him and Kevin Hart, like, wind up becoming best friends. He realized that Kelly Kuku was trying to get that money in the first place. Um, Uh-oh. And he has to, like, leave her behind. There's the movie. But, I spoiled it for you. I'm sorry. But at least he has a new relationship that's actually healthier. Yes. Great for him. Yeah. Um, totally forgettable, <laughs> but it was a bit of a launching pad for, uh, independently for uh, Kevin Hart and Josh Gad as, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Kevin Hart knows this as, like, this was, like, the biggest payday he had ever had up to that point in his career. Like, he wow. never made any... He had not made more money at, up until that point. So he was like... That's- crazy because that means his career like in such a short amount of time from 2015 to 2020 was off the freaking chart oh yeah and that's the thing machine yeah and like he was already like making like pretty big movies i think up to that point but this Mm. like put him over the top he already had like i don't know i feel like that was the point where like you saw kevin harden everything all the time i was gonna say like I feel like this is one of those things where they shoot a while ago and then so much happens in a person's career between just like when they shot it and when it actually comes out that mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense. Kind of like Eddie Redmayne in Jupiter or something. They're like, oh, <sighs> you, you're, you, you don't belong in this film. That is a bad, no one belongs in that Oscar. No one <laughs> should have been in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, fair yeah. point. But uh but yeah, that's when they started like, you know, getting off to the races. People started making like, you know, three f- movies a year each, you know, like for Kevin yeah. He made a lot of movies in between two thousand fifteen and twenty twenty. That's nuts though. Yeah. The man but, doesn't sleep. No, he's one of the hardest working people imaginable, yeah. I feel. Yeah. Um so I watched, I'm continuing on my um, Wes Anderson uh, oeuvre, mm-hmm. and I watched Isle of Dogs, oh. which I don't, I don't know why it took me so long, but I know that I made a horrible mistake of trying to watch it on a plane one time. This is not a plane movie. I don't know yeah. what the hell I was thinking. I believe we talked about it on the podcast before <laughs> that you yeah. tried doing that. Oh, oh. Um, so it's about uh, it's based in Japan, and um, there is this canine flu that breaks out, and so all the dogs there are uh, exiled to this horrible garbage island. Um, and this little kid, um, Atari, wants to teach it, goes over to the island and tries to get his dog back. Um, and aside from the fact that they had to throw a white girl in there <laughs> for some reason um, mm-hmm. to help save the day, um, it was really great. It was terribly charming. It was funny. Um, the voice cast was crazy, like Jeff Goldblum, Brian Cranston, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, all the all the usual. Um, and then Corey Rankin plays Little Boy, and then Kunichi Nomura plays um, the mayor of the city. Um, and it was really good. It was really charming and funny. 
uh, and I really enjoyed it. So I will continue. My next one is going to be Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, I'm just going to keep chugging along. I would say that's the only one of his I've not seen, uh, Grand Budapest. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen it once. It was a while ago, and I think I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Fantastic Mr. Fox yet, or no? Uh, I have. I don't think I was as charmed by it as... Mm-hmm. I mean, it was fine, um, but I like the Isle of Dogs more. Hmm. It even made me cheer up, Isle of Dogs. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, really great. Yeah, I I like his stop motion, his animated films. Um, yeah, I think they're fun. they're very good and very much. He's able to translate his visual style from like live action to animation. Yeah, very well. Totally. Um, and I think that's just because of the way that he storyboards and plans things. That you know everything's very textured, so it mm. would make sense that that medium of like stop motion would work really well for him. That's the perfect way to describe me. It's very textured. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like patterns and textures and like the visual nature of mundane objects mean a lot to mm-hmm. him. Yeah, so totally. Incorporating that into like uh, you know something that you know is made from textures and like and patterns like mm-hmm. would matter a lot, I think, and would work really well. Yeah, it's all very tangible. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, what else? Yeah, that's, I'm 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 glad you I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad I, I saw yeah. it a few years ago and it was really really solid. Um, another thing that I watched, um, I found myself going back to just some old things just because they were on television. I was able to watch some cable television for the first time in a long time. Uh, yeah, like a rich guy over here. (laughs) (laughs) Was I just crapping on the rich a few minutes ago? Yeah. Am I back on the side now? Yeah. All right. That's that's (laughs) what you get on this podcast. You never know what's next. All right. Um, I went back and uh, I watched uh, Clerks uh, for the first time in a few a few years. Um, yeah, it, it is uh, consistently enjoyable. I, I am fully comfortable calling that like you know a, a classic. Um, it is a great <laughs> examination of work and how it is terrible <laughs> <laughs> at almost any level. <laughs> Um, and isn't really so much about you gotta find the joy in the little things like no 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 one should be doing this no one should be here and yeah you'd rather this is all just an effort to fuel something else in your life um, but yeah I mean in, in watching it I I find nothing new nothing I didn't already know but it is able to just like you know just kind of like pat your back rub your head and just be like hey man just sit down and be comforted. <laughs> like, you know what jokes are going to come, you know what moments are going to come, and it is super enjoyable. Uh, for those that don't know, Clark's uh, from 1994, directed by Kevin Smith, um, uh, starring no one of particular note, <laughs> as many actors uh, in that film didn't go on to do much else outside of Kevin Smith things. Um, but yeah, the f- story focuses on two store clerks um, at a convenience store and the events of their day and just the crazy things that happen, the crazy characters that come through, such as your milkmaids or your eggmen that are trying to find the perfect egg um, or, you know, a gum salesman that's trying to like shoot down cigarettes and get you, get you to stock more gum in your store and causing a small riot. Um, Fair enough. The great thing about that movie, I think, is like, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. It is, you know, low budget slash no budget filmmaking and is great to like, you know, know the tricks that they're doing to like kind of make things work. Like, hey, we couldn't shoot 
you know, during the day because this is an operating, uh, you know, convenience store in the daytime. So we're going to shoot at night. We're going to create uh, something in the script that would require the grates to be down. Like gums are stuck in the locks. We can't open the locks. Therefore, the grates are down. No one knows it's not daytime outside. Like, it's all those fun little quirky things about the movie um, and not having time or money, which make it such an enjoyable experience for me, at least. Um, yeah, a movie worth digging into IMDb trivia on because it's all fun. Like, oh, that's how they <laughs> did that. <laughs> I've only seen the first like 10 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and give it another try. Yeah, it is steeped in like 1990s Gen X like sensibilities. Maybe that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good to know. Good to know. Um, I I watched this movie because I feel like for years now, Netflix and like every streaming service that I uh, use has been trying to get me to watch it, and it's just always tossing up. Tossing up thumbnails of the Book of Eli because mm. they're like, we know you like the Apocalypse, we know you love Denzel. Why aren't you watching this movie? Mm-hmm. I finally gave in, Jason, and I watched the Book of Eli, and I was like, Scary old man, how'd you end up in this? <laughs> <laughs> did you just find? Did you just find on because you saw Denzel and you assumed that it was going to be good, but then things probably changed so much in the script that by the time you actually filmed it it was actually terrible now here's a question did you hate the movie from the start or did you just hate the twist at the end so (laughs) (laughs) because i find that most people are kind of with this movie until they get to the twist okay so i'm gonna spoil the book of eli 11 year old movie um so as soon as this movie starts it starts with uh, Denzel Washington. Uh, it's about, uh, there's been, you know, like a, an apocalypse. They allude to why there's some kind of nuclear holocaust. And even though, and it's been like 30 years, only 30 years. Um, and so people, it's just people trying to survive. And Denzel Washington's uh, character um, is just, he doesn't actually have a name. Um, and presumably it's his name that you see later, but um, he, you just know that he is trying to get this Bible to the West Coast. You're just like, fine, whatever. Sure, we'll go along with it. Um, and as soon as it started, he like, you see him bump into some stuff, and I was like, oh, is he blind? Because like everyone's wearing sunglasses and stuff because clearly there's something going on with like sun blindness or whatever the fuck. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, I guess he's not. Okay, great. And then the movie continues on. And, uh, what, so from the get-go, what really took me out of it was the fact that it's, everything is desolate. Everything is dry and terrible. And then it's not even the iPod that takes me out of it, Jason. It's mm-hmm. the Beats by Dre that he puts into it. Hey, sponsorship <laughs> is real, okay? <laughs> and people need to be paid. I was like, what? This is just a giant Beats by Dre commercial. 
Chrissy puts them on a couple times. Mila puts them on later. Just like, oh, Beats by Dre. What a great my- reminder that this company exists and is great, I guess. <laughs> it just, I burst out laughing when he put in Beats. Um, so it's, it's weird because it seems like the movie kind of doesn't, you're not sure what its point of view on religion is. Because sometimes it really criticizes it in other times, but by the end, they're like lauding it. Um, so to answer your question, I was dubious from the get-go. <laughs> 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 but at the end, I was like, you guys are fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it from the beginning when he bumps into the fucking chair or whatever. Because it turns out Gary Oldman plays the head of this uh, creepy town full of starving people. And he heads up the local gang. And he really wants a Bible because he's going to use it to build his power and whatnot over people. And so he finally is able to get it. And you're just like, oh, man, Denzel gave up and he gave him the Bible, even though if you've been watching this movie, you know that's definitely not what happened. And then he opens the Bible and it's in Braille. That's <laughs> and- <laughs> pretty cool. It's another twist you didn't expect. All right. And this woman who he's, Gary Oldman has uh, basically kind of enslaved. She is blind so she can read it. But she's like, fuck you. I'm not reading this. Uh, you're a terrible person who tried to who was trying to sell my daughter into sexual slavery. So, oops, I forgot how to read Braille. Um, and he's a mess, and he's dying. It was uh, it was what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. The made me laugh. Um, uh, it was just it was just ridiculous, Jason. I enjoyed that movie when it came out. I get how <laughs> someone cannot enjoy that movie. Um, I, yeah, I was down for it. I, I love the action scenes. Because for me, like, what this is, is an American interpretation of, like, a Japanese samurai movie. Like, Zatoichi. Like, a blind samurai. Denzel, he's got a machete, but he's a blind samurai. Yeah, his, seeing Denzel very smoothly cut guys into pieces was surprising. It was and pretty fun, right? I didn't, like, on principle, I was like, this was so dumb. But I didn't just, like, not enjoy it. Because <laughs> 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 it's still Denzel looking good in an apocalypse. And I like all of these things. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, fine. Um, but, and Mila Kunis was, was, was good in it. She was, you know, lovely. Um, and then she becomes... Eli at the end with no training like she's going to get murdered at the end of the first 25 minutes Jason. <laughs> just so you know Jason. Jason. I was like um Denzel could do this because he's clearly trained and incredibly skilled and also like a 6 foot tall man you're like a 5 foot 2 lady with no skill set <laughs> so you also almost just got raped like a month ago so I don't know why you think you can go out there with his machete and like make it, but you're not gonna, girl. <laughs> ah. 
it's okay they have a one month training course all right it's at the at, at alcatraz you know? yeah it's yeah. all right what are you going up to alcatraz like basically it was so ridiculous that at parts i just laughed and just kept going on that ride <laughs> and it was fine <laughs> and now hopefully all the streaming services will stop shoving that in my face <laughs> uh, one bit of trivia I like to say about this movie is that Denzel got paid three times for this movie um, because he had a play or pay, uh, pay or play contract uh, and a pay or play contract means and they don't do this very often anymore but they, were, they kept trying to get this movie made since like the mid 2000s and a pay or play contract means like okay you signed this we are holding your time if this movie gets made you get paid if we don't make this movie we're going to pay you for holding your time for us Oh, okay. So you're choosing not to make any other movies. You're going to make this movie. All oh, right. Wow. Things didn't come together. We couldn't. We couldn't make the movie. Okay, cool. Pay me. They try it again. Okay, things can come together, Denzel. Okay, cool. Pay me. And then it finally came out, <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. Pay me again. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, they should have waited to make this because the CG is really bad. And so if they had just waited a couple more years, I feel like it could have been a lot better and looked a lot better. So, yeah. Oh, and there's uh, the directors of the movie. That's um, the Holmes Brothers, I think it is. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah, it, it was just kind of cool that they got a shot at this because, um, you know, these are two black directors. Um, they two brothers and they just you know haven't had the opportunity to make a big action movie like that since mm. or, or or ever really that was like mm. their first shot at it um and you know they became to, to fame uh through uh menace of society and dead presidents um like films of black leads and like this is a continuation of that in like a different genre like hey post-apocalypse cool. with like, a black lead like that's not really been done before no. so that was like kind of fun to see um, um, although, I, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say except for maybe uh, I am Legend, but uh, whatever. <laughs> oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, this was <laughs> so they specifically say that the this like apocalyptic event happened thirty years ago, mm-hmm. but they treat it like it was two hundred years ago, and people forgot what religion is, and they don't know how to read. <laughs> Things happen fast, all right? <laughs> like, Mila Kunis' character, say she's 20 or whatever in this mm-hmm. world, like, your mom couldn't teach you how to read? Like, you forgot, you don't, you guys don't know what religion is anymore. There are plenty of people who are alive between when it happened and now. <laughs> now, <laughs> he, here's my thing, right? Now, what if the uh, post-apocalypse that occurred killed a lot of people over the age of, like, you know, puberty, you know? What if that was the case? If that's the case, a lot of kids out there that don't know how to read, you know what I'm saying? Got a couple of older folks, but, you know, maybe they were immune. This is there, just... were plenty of, there were plenty of older folks in that town. There were plenty of people over 40 in that town. All right, just do my very important. I'm trying to defend the book of Eli here, okay? <laughs> Much like Denzel Washington also tried to protect it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there were just parts that really made me laugh. Mm-hmm. But 
I stayed in it because Denzel was handsome. <laughs> if it had been another actor, I probably would have been like, ah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, another thing I've watched. Uh, I've continued to watch uh, Wandavision. Oh uh, yeah. On on Disney Plus, and I am not all caught up. Where where have you where have you? Was the last thing you've seen? Oh God. Uh, I think I'm behind. I'm behind at least one episode, possibly two. Possibly two. So, I mean, I saw the part, spoiler alert, uh, I saw the part where they're in the current time period. Mm-hmm. They're all, and uh, Kat Dennings is there, all trying to, like, figure out what's going on. Okay. Um, that's what, I've, what I'm up to. Okay. Um, dang. Well, that takes a lot I'm of air sorry. out of my balloon. As far as oh, being able to talk freely about this. Um, uh, but I remember in the last time you had spoken, uh, you were not necessarily feeling it so far. Um, now that this episode has come, that has given, that you've seen it, that has given much more context and explanation I'm to so it. so into it, yeah. Now you can still be more into it. Yeah. And I yeah. feel that's, for me, I was into it from the start. I feel this is... For the majority of people watching the show, they needed this episode really badly. Yeah. So like, they needed like, I need a lifeline here to like kind of get what's going on, and this was it. I I hope this, you know, suffice. There is enough mystery around it that I would have kept watching it even if there were more uh, old style episodes. But this was really nice, and it's it's kind of a perfect balance of like mystery and then giving you just enough answers. Mm-hmm. to feel like you're getting you're making progress but there's still so much left to be discovered so yeah mm-hmm. it's great but i uh, promise next time we talk i will be all caught up with it i i hope you are because there's some big things <laughs> okay. that i would like to discuss um okay. that aside um what i have been enjoying is uh the fact that you know the B and C characters from like you know the movies get some more time to shine here on like the television show, and hopefully that'll be the case for the other Marvel TV shows coming out, like Loki and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, that you can see it further connects and builds their universe. Like, hey, that mm. guy from Ant Man and that girl from Thor and this Scarlet Witch and, and Vision thing—that's pretty cool. Um, I love Randall Park. Uh, he's just one yeah, of me too. I can do little wrong in my mind. <laughs> um, I love that uh, a continuation from a joke in like Ant Man and the Wasp, like the magic trick with the card. Like when he meets Michael Rambo outside of the uh, the bounds of the town that's been taken over, he like does like a little magic trick to reveal like his business card to her. Oh yeah, and he spends like most of Ant Man and the Wasp asking Paul Rudd like. How'd you do that trick? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just been spending five years like working on perfecting that. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> I love that he is a goof that is very capable at his job. Like he's very nice and sweet, but like seems to yeah. be a pretty decent FBI agent. And like a good person, just like yes. a good normal person. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually excited to see Kat Dennings. I think she's, aside from uh, Two Broke Girls, I find her very funny mm-hmm. um, and fun. And her character in Thor um, was kind of a bright spot for a lot of those movies because I didn't <laughs> like the earlier ones. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and she was her typical funny, snacky self, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually excited to see her pop up. Yeah, I, I love that those characters get to have some new life and new things to do. Um, and I, that feels like, hey, maybe Michael Pena will show up in, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier or something like that. No, that'd be great. <laughs> if he could just narrate again, that would, like, the... Oh, yes. Oh, God, that'd be great. <laughs> Like, I need one episode where he is, like, the drunk history narrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving me the events of what occurred. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I wish they would just do, like, even just a couple of shorts with him doing that or something would be nice. I need um, all of the recaps to be done by him. So here's what yeah. happened in, in Infinity what? War. Here's what happened in this. <laughs> um, uh, I agree. Oh, that was such a great part. Um, I watched the last two things are alien related things. Uh, okay. I watched. Oh, but wait a question. Wait a minute. Do they have diplomacy in them? Because otherwise, I'm I'm not into that. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> um. Uh, no. <sighs> you can't I'm win. Sorry. <laughs> um. So I watched Aliens, the mm-hmm. second in the Alien franchise, um, and I uh, like I hadn't seen it in such a long time, um, and it was much more of an action. It was much more different from Alien than I thought it was, because um, Alien is mostly like suspense, and it's more like kind of like artistic and quiet oh, in yeah. a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And then Aliens is just a very fun action movie. <laughs> yes. Um, They're independently good for different reasons. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, just Bill Paxton and Aliens is just so goddamn funny. And also incredibly relatable. Absolutely. Like everything, all of his fear, I 100% felt the same way. Like, yeah, if I was in that movie, I would be that character. Like, I'm terrified out of my mind, out of yeah. everything happening around me. We're gonna die, man! Like, yeah. I love yeah. that he starts off, like, so brave. Like, we got this, we're Marines. And then, He's but, such like... an asshole in the beginning. He's so <laughs> cocky. <laughs> and then, like, 30 minutes in, he is peeing his pants in a He's reasonable so way. <laughs> He's the first one to be like, holy fuck, man. <laughs> like, we're going to die. But so, it, yeah. It's amazing on his part because that character doesn't become whiny or annoying at all. No, <laughs> no. It's very endearing in a weird way. Whereas yeah. in the first movie, the other female character, whose name I can't recall, um, she's super annoying. But again, she is correct to be that scared. Absolutely. Like, she is the only person who reacts correctly to these things, but you're just so fucking annoyed by her. Whereas for whatever reason, Bill Paxton's character is just endearing and hilarious when he expresses his fear. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it is slightly problematic in that um, Jeanette Goldstein is the name of the actress who plays Asket. Yeah. <laughs> and they just gave her a spray tan and a name and got her out there. Mm-hmm. 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 So not great, 
but I really like the character and uh, the whole like their whole opening scene when everybody is coming out of the cryo sleep and you just kind of get glimpses of everyone's personality when they're coming out and then like eating together yep is similar to the first one is really great um it's also amazing writing to just like in two sentences you get the entirety yeah. of what this person's about. One hundred percent, you get who, like the friendships that are there, like the strong bonds mm-hmm. and everything. It's it's so well done. Um, and yeah, I just I really enjoyed it. I'm not looking forward to Aliens Cubed. <laughs> aliens, um, Alien Resurrection. Alien Three. Oh, oh yes, that is Cubed. I'm sorry. You know me, no math good. Um, <laughs> so, Aliens Three is an interesting thing, in the sense that the script that is there, if you ever like go and read it, it's like, oh wow, like this is actually really well written. But that's a movie that was really hindered by um, time, by uh, studio interference, and just not really getting to tell the story that you want that. Uh, the director uh, David Fincher wanted to tell. Like you can see on paper, oh. like, like I can see what you wanted to do here, and there are some like seeds of really good ideas, but mm-hmm. like what they got to put on screen doesn't exactly match up to what they intended. Gotcha. Okay. I, I mean, that one starts out with new, with like them being dead, right? Yeah. Like Newt is dead. Mm-hmm. Which, like, because I did watch that movie. I've seen that movie in the last couple of years. And I'm sure I'll talk about it on the next episode. But I was, like, you just undermined aliens yeah. entirely. Like, the, the entire premise you just threw away. Because you just killed these beloved characters. Yep. Like, how dare you? I was furious, Jason. <laughs> Like, the, the intent behind that apparently was, like, what is this character without her resources at all? Like, without her family. Fair. And if they had just done a better job with that movie, and could it would justify that a bit more. Yeah. But because what follows, though I can't entirely remember, I just remember the disappointment. I was like, oh, man, how dare you? Especially because Newt was, like, she's such a smart, resourceful, like, really... <laughs> much more brave than, Absolutely lovely. than Bill Paxton's character. <laughs> like, um, so like, oh, really? You just killed this kid, man? It, it feels like of, of 80s action films, like right now, Die Hard in our time, like Die Hard is like the soup du jour. You know, people like love talking about it. Like it has such like, it takes us so much headspace in like pop culture. Yep. And I feel like Aliens 2 is due for its time. Uh, again, <laughs> like as far as like being talked about, like being reflective, of, like hey, here's a strong female lead that is you know 100% right in her actions and like yeah. in her intentions. Um, like <laughs> it, 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 everyone is so well portrayed. I, it is, it has been a template for damn near every video game involving space marines from 1985 until now and beyond. <laughs> like. This movie set so much groundwork that is still being used today and directed by James Cameron, <laughs> um, who, yeah, just really got it and ran with it. Like, this was like his first, it's not his first big movie, but like, this was the one that was like, holy crap, this guy can really like 
he give him the keys to the kingdom. You can do anything. Terminator was great, but this one is mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, he can he can do no wrong. I very much appreciated that there was no aside from one line to Vasquez, there was no acknowledgement in a good way of the fact that there are women there who are also walking around in their underwear but nobody gave a shit they're all mm-hmm. just there to do a thing they have this one common goal and it doesn't matter um and also especially with the first one like all of the um dialogue and the way in which they all interact is so authentic they talk over each other they stutter like it's so much more in a good way, it's like jarringly realistic because mm-hmm. you're so used to everyone being able to pretty much get all their thoughts out and they're, they finish a sentence and the other person jumps in. Um, so to have that realism among the characters is also just so great. I think um, it's like at least Alien um, is definitely now in like my top three fave movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So fucking good um and yeah aliens was a fun romp so i'm just going to continue on my my tour of the alien franchise okay are you going to dip uh further into like prometheus and into uh you know it jason i've already (laughs) seen uh oh yeah well i also so we've been watching ben and i've been watching both working our way through the alien and predator franchises Mm -hmm. uh uh, simultaneously um, so because there's that crossover there so I'm I'm just working through it man yeah I'm I think I'm more caught up with Predator than Alien okay okay um, I would say when in your watching of uh, Predator films um, I think you're going to get really pleasantly surprised with th- those things go places they, they go in weirder places sometimes than Alien movies go um, but the last two are interesting to watch, I think. For the last, the two okay. most recent Predator movies. So I, I'm curious of your opinion on that when you get to there. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, as far as me, uh, the only other things I have are a, an anime and a, uh, <laughs> a an action comedy from the year 2000 that uh, holds up well in some ways and doesn't hold up well in other ways. Um, I feel like that's how you can describe most, <laughs> most comedies <laughs> from that time. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the anime first. Um, okay. A show called uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, it's about uh, a teenage boy who is possessed by a demon that has to... Uh, now navigate how to he's he has eaten a piece of a demon and there are several other pieces of this demon that he must eat um okay. he is in an odd predicament because he is now part of a society of people that like okay cool you can actually like eat these things and it doesn't take you over the demon doesn't like possess you entirely how interesting that's really cool um, but just know we're going to have to kill you. Cool. You cool with that? Are you cool with that? If you're not cool with that, it doesn't matter. We're going to kill you anyway. <laughs> um, but it just, you know, documents his journeys as he's learning to control this thing inside of him. Um, 
and learning more about this world that exists like kind of like right under our own like oh there are sorcerers and magic like that's real like yes harry potter it is real but also <laughs> we're totally going to kill you just don't forget that okay we have to kill you why um, do they have to kill him because, because the, the demons in there yes like he will if the more pieces he eats the stronger the demon inside of him will become and will eventually and take him over why does he have to eat the demon because no one else can no one else to this date has been able to contain this thing inside of them it's like okay, immediately okay. taking them over but like he seems to have like a deal with it so it's like okay you seem you guys have come to an agreement that's super nice it makes it way more convenient for us you want to get all the pieces together inside of you and then kill this thing once and for all. You don't have to worry about like, you know, other pieces popping up here and there. So is there only one demon? There's only one demon, but he has many, he has like many horcruxes spread okay. across the land. Once okay. we get all of them inside of you, we're going to off you, kid. Gotcha. So other people, in an attempt to defeat this demon, people have eaten them, but he's taken over them. Correct. So this kid can withstand it. So he's going to try to eat as many as possible so they can eventually kill him. Okay, Correct. got it. Got yes. it, got it, got it. Um, and the uh, action comedy that I watched from the early 2000s, Shanghai Noon, starring Jackie Chan <laughs> and Owen Wilson. Um, it's still fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's still fun. Like, um, there are parts that are, of course, offensive. <laughs> Um, but I think overall it is what, what I like the most of the movie is that it is a nice crossover between like one of the biggest, uh, Chinese stars and one of the biggest Chinese American stars, like Lucy Liu and Jackie Chan, like, Hey, you guys have to be in a movie together. And like, that's pretty cool. Oh, I didn't even know she was in it. Yeah. She is in it as the, uh, the kidnapped princess, uh, from China who was brought to America and being held hostage. Um, but the basic premise of the film is Jackie Chan is uh, a guard, uh, from China coming back to retrieve the princess. Owen Wilson plays uh, a very, t- he's not good at being a bandit. Um, he's, he's not good at being a bandit, but winds up like crossing paths with Jackie Chan and they team up to go and get the princess because he thinks like, I get some cash out of this. That'd be cool. And Jackie Chan's like, I just want her back. Why are you following me? <laughs> um, I feel like there's not an Owen Wilson character on the planet who's like, really good at something all the characters just, they all can just be described as fumbling they all yes. just kind of fumble around in a yes. very charming way yes okay. he's falling ass backwards into jackie chan's <laughs> arms saving him each and every time um yeah there's some things that super date this movie like the persistent use of kid rock um throughout the oh. film <laughs> his his music his music yes okay um but there is a, uh, an appearance from show favorite uh, Walton Goggins. <gasps> Walton. And what's enjoyable is to see, man, how far have you come? Like from being <laughs> consistently uh, cast as like the angry hick to like yeah. TV dad of the year on the unicorn. <laughs> like what a long road you've had, my friend. Yeah, because when I watched whichever Predators movie it was with um, uh, Adrian Brody, mm-hmm. he was in it as like uh, this dumb, terrible, like murderer guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, and you don't belong here. You're better than this. Yeah, you can act. You're, you're great. 
uh, what happened? <laughs> what happened? There's a um, lot of things that can be said about what happened with that Predator movie. <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, of all the Predator movies, I kind of enjoyed it the most. Really? More so than the most recent one? Ew, uh, guess- yeah, you slick off camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have not seen the most recent one. Okay. Uh, that, that might be one of the only ones I haven't seen yet. So mm-hmm. That's the one with uh, Keegan-Michael Key? Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. That's like, I'm waiting. And your enemy, my friend, Thomas Jane. Uh, <laughs> just gotta put that out there. He's He's in there? He's in it. He's Keegan Michael. He's best friend. All right. Oh, God. Keegan. And they love each other. It's amazing. No. You're better than that. I think you're going to see their relationship and you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is super sweet. Okay. Well, that's good. Here's the thing. I think I just, I don't, Thomas Jane is always cast as these tough guy characters. Mm -hmm. And because he's very scowly. And I feel like I just don't believe that he's that tough. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a big head. That doesn't mean you're tough. Because you have a big old melon. Uh, so I, I just don't believe him in those. And so him as like not a tough guy, I think I would like him much more. Okay. I appreciate. This sounds like you said, Thomas Shane, you got a big head, and I can beat you in a fight. That's what I think. Right. <laughs> Just emotionally, <laughs> not physically. If we had but an I argument, will, I'd win every time. Okay, I will psychologically damage you beyond repair. <laughs> but you'll get a couple swings in. That's fine. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I, I so uh, so. What did you think of the uh, Topher Grace uh, Predator movie? Oh, did I not talk about it? Last no, time? no. Oh, um. So that one that was a bonkers cast. It is that loaded. Topher Grace, Mahershala. I was like Mahershala. What are you doing here? I forgot he was in that, yeah. Grab Walton and you two run. You won an Oscar. <laughs> Come on. Um, it features two Oscar winners, Adrian Brody and Mahershala Ali. <laughs> insane. Um, Jason, I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. You know I enjoy a man in uniform. Okay. I was somewhat attracted to Adrian Brody. Uh, I was afraid you'd say that. I don't... Oh, God. Uh, who else was in this movie? Oh, God, I'm trying to remember. Alice um, Braga, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, Danny Trejo, I believe, is also in it. Yeah. I think. Yep, okay. yep, yep, yep. Um, I don't know why I liked this movie more. I guess because it was an interesting plot-ish, mm-hmm. or is quite a departure. Um, not to say that it made sense, but it was, it was different. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot being that the uh, predators were able to just 
watch these random humans uh, from Earth and just drop them onto this planet where the predators can hunt them. Uh, dangerous, the most dangerous game style. Yep. Um, which, Topher Grace's character being a bad guy was 0% surprising because there's no other reason for him to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed his bad guyness though when he does do that turn. Um, uh, it was, I don't know. I guess I didn't know what to expect. And it was very action-y. Um, so I just weirdly enjoyed it. Like I have no, I have no justification for, <laughs> for enjoying this movie, Jason. This is the issue. I don't know why. I know it's not good, mm-hmm. but I found it relatively entertaining. I guess in many ways, like there's a lot of fat cut off of it in the sense, like we're not figuring out, like you know, who's killing all these mob leaders. Like you know, there's not the premise of like, okay, we're, <laughs> we're here yeah. in in Costa Rica, so, like, you know, do this one thing, but, like, oh, my God, we're being picked off one by one. It's like, no, from Jump Street, you know why they're there. Like, Mm -hmm. they can kind of figure out why they're there. Like, you're here to be hunted. Like, Mm -hmm. that that makes enough sense, at least from the start. Um, It has the setup of a horror movie, but it's more of an action movie. mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, the whole gang can get picked off one by one. For me, there's not enough predator in it. There's not enough predators in it for me. (laughs) I get a lot of time of like, you know, these people arguing with each other and it's like, I want to see someone get blasted in the face with a laser. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, noted. (laughs) I want to see a head pop right off, okay? Like (laughs) mid-sentence. Um, there were some sequences though that I did like in it. I liked like the little uh, samurai showdown uh, in the field with like, the Yakuza Yo, guy and the predator. Yes, that was my favorite character. I wish he had lived. He should have lived. Um, he was just really cool. You know, he spoke English that whole time. He just didn't want to deal with that shit, and I respect that. <laughs> um, he was just a really cool character who I liked very much, and was bummed because I knew he was going to get killed. Um, yeah, it was fun to have somewhat different characters, a little motley crew of um, terrible people. Mm-hmm. Like um, Alice Braga as like the sniper. Um, that was a time when Alice Braga was getting like a lot of work. Like she, yeah. Like I feel like I don't see her in much of anything anymore. Um, Same. But yeah, it, it, it's oh God. I remember that was like one of the first few things I got on Netflix uh, disc. On the, I remember having that thing for weeks and not sending it back. Like <laughs> I'm not watching this. I watched it once and I don't. <laughs> I don't need to get it. I think I let a friend borrow it and then I like brought, got it back and then sent it back to Netflix. Held on to that one for way too long. I think that still <laughs> impacts my algorithm today. Like, well, you had Predators for like eight weeks. <laughs> More Adrian Brody, Jason. <laughs> no. watch. Like, no, thank you. I don't want to see this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Adrian Brody was fine in it. I mean, he did a, he, not, nothing against his performance in that. Like, he was he was fine as his character. I think he was enjoying himself quite a lot, to be honest. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, I thought like the premise was part of the premises that was silly to me is like, I mean, it's time these writers took time to like scope out these individuals, specifically Topher Grace of like, really? You took time to like look at this guy and be like, oh, he's the creepy one. He's the freaky one. I'm going to put him in the mix. <laughs> like they, they're not going to know, but we know that he is. So it's going to be like, how are you observing him do his crimes? Because these guys were like in war zones. And I get that. We plucked like, you know, the guy that looked the most or the girl that looked the most badass out there. We plucked them out and like, you know, took him to this planet. But Topher Grace, he's like, you know, driving around and doing bad things. Like, Topher Grace is the real Topher Grace. <laughs> you know, you're just like, yeah, okay, this guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, that just feel, felt a little silly to me. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a movie about an alien that hunts humans. It is already silly. So, <laughs> yeah, 100%. not too far fetched in any direction, I guess. You can't go too crazy in those totally. movies. Um, uh... My last thing, speaking of aliens, um, but a very different story is uh, I watched the first episode of um, Resident Alien. Uh, okay. Resident? I... Oh, um, um, starring Alan Tudyk. Yeah. How did you watch it? Um, they put the first episode, um, I think the first two episodes for free on YouTube. Oh, yeah, but I think you can watch it on Hulu. Okay. It's on sci-fi. Um, I liked it. It was exactly what I expected. It's Alan Tudyk, uh, Corey Reynolds, uh, my guy from The Closer. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, Alice Wetterland and Sarah Tomko, Tanto. Um, and Alan Tudyk is this alien who is sent to um, just kind of drop this thing off to destroy Earth, but he, I think he crashes or something, and so he takes on, he murders this town doctor guy, and uh, takes on his body, um, but then another person is murdered, and so, or killed, and so they're like, you're the, you're the doctor, you can help us with this, right? And so he kind of gets pulled into the town and hijinks ensue. And he is starting to actually, um, you know, feel things as a human and enjoy the human's company. Mm -hmm. And he's like, uh oh, uh, I probably might not want the earth to be destroyed. Mm. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but he is such a talented actor because he is. Playing, he's a human playing an alien stuck in a human, and he does such a good job with it, and you forget that that's not what he is. Um, <laughs> I just, I feel like he's over, his acting abilities are overlooked, even though he's obviously had a ton of uh, voiceover work and stuff, but I just really like that he is uh, helming his own show. I think he deserves it, and it's great. I, I, He's an amazing performer. I think he's a yeah. great example of the idea that, like, you know, there's no role too small. Like, in yeah. the sense that, like, he's a classically trained, like, Juilliard actor, like, talented out of his butt. But, like, there's nothing that he, that he would feel that he, it seems like there's nothing that he feels like he's above. It's like, no, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I would do that role. That seems fun. Like, he, yeah. he follows, I think, his heart more than, like, you know, 
his wallet or like you know what his background is I mean, yeah, I think he's so perfect. I think he actually, like, follows the fun. Like, he doesn't need to win an Oscar. If the project seems like it would be enjoyable to do, then he's going to do it, and I think that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, I, it, the, the premise of the show feels like something that you would see on Fox in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, sure. run for, like, one season and then get canceled. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think because it's on sci-fi, hopefully that means it'll have, like, a bit more uh, life to it. Um, and we'll maybe be able to run, like, two or three seasons. Um, so. Sci-fi isn't... I feel they're not good at managing their big-budget shows anymore. Like, mm-hmm. they can have something that'll go for, like, three seasons, and then they're like, alright, that's it. We, we ran out of money. Or, like, you know... That's all we're willing to put into it. Like, if anyone wants to buy this off of us, we'll happily <laughs> sell it to you. But yeah, I, I, I have no doubt this show will be good. I just have fears that sci-fi will mismanage it. I think that's totally fair, and they clearly did put it. Like, it looks good. They put some money into it, um, so I hope that they can at least keep it going for you know two or three seasons. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many episodes are going to be in a season. Um, but we'll see. Um, I want to keep watching it. Okay. I, I, I will. If it is on Hulu, I will check it out. Um, because, yeah, I've seen. They put a lot of work in this as far as, like, you know, putting ads out for it. So I've, like, seen like, a lot of information. I have been bombarded <laughs> with ads. Um, like, <laughs> fine. You win sci fi. You've heard me make fun of you a lot. And you're Canadian looking programming. You've won this round. Thomas Jane got this, people. He's this is how he argues, okay? (laughs) But um but no, I head in the way. (laughs) (laughs) Big head, your skinny body, all right. Um, (laughs) You know how like the guy who plays um the bad guy on uh The Walking Dead? Mm Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Yeah. Big head, skinny body. From the chin up, I'm terrified <laughs> of you. From the neck down, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like cross country in high school. I'm not afraid of you. You're just tall. You have very slim hips. <laughs> I'm not scared. He can wear low rise jeans real easy, okay? He does. They look like they're constantly about to just slide right off his flat ass. Like, and I do not find that intimidating. Did you hear this conversation? You, you ain't got no butt, man. Damn. <laughs> I don't even know about Thomas James, but I just know about Jeffrey D. Morgan and his very slim hip and his small waistline. And I just am not intimidated. <laughs> That's oh lord. Uh... And I'm gonna watch Thomas Jane in this Predators movie, and I'm gonna be looking for it. And if that's the case, then the Punisher, ha 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 ha, no. It's a different time, a different place, you know. <sighs> anyway. Don't skip, don't skip leg day. I, okay. I still, I'm still a supporter. Go out there, watch Hung. All right, it's a pretty decent show. Oh, look. <laughs> I get paid every time I say that. So. <laughs> Wait, he's the main guy in that show? Yeah. Oh. It is I feel, like I knew that, and then I forgot it, and now relearning it, I'm just disappointed all over. <laughs> but I think it's because I see him in that role better than as a tough guy. 
that's fair. You know, he's uh, he's he's a high school coach that gets to rely on one asset because things go south. You know, he needs to. He's got to pay the alimony. He's got to pay the child support. It's the only way he could do it. All right. You know, I mean, in the end, Thomas Jane has won because the amount of time we spent talking about him on this goddamn podcast is absurd. <laughs> but who well played, TJ. A lot of benefits come to him. A lot of benefit has come to, you know, Gerard Butler. A lot of benefits come to Walton Goggins. Okay? This is the Observer Report rub. All right. We give it out every now and then. You know who doesn't have slim feminine hips? Jerry B. <laughs> I believe that he could hurt me. Got wide hips. All right. Look at that. Look at, look at that dumper on that boy. All right. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that he's a pear shaped boy. That's the difference. I'm he just wears, saying that he has like wide enough hips. He wears jeans with no belts, if you know what I mean. All right. <laughs> Pants <laughs> staying on him. <laughs> One time at my old job, uh, there's a guy whose name I couldn't remember, so I just described him to a friend of mine, to a coworker, as the boy with the pear-shaped body. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, Brian, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the feminine shape. Yep, that's him. Jerry okay, B, I you know. men's hips, so <laughs> Jerry, I appreciate your hips. Well, you hate to see him leave, but you love to watch him walk away. All right? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about out there, Jerry B. I don't know about his butt. <laughs> I'm not interested in men's butts. But the sachet of the hips. All right. <laughs> so we're into. I pay attention to how the jeans hang on the person. <laughs> Another example being um, Timothy Oliphant. Very, he has the slimmest hips and waist in history. If you ever watch him sachet, because he does sashay in the Mandalorian <laughs> into that bar. Uh-huh. Just so slim. His body oh shape with a golf tee. Just. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He has both broad shoulders, and then it just goes down, and I don't understand how his bottom half supports his upper body. It that man is shaped sense. like an isosceles triangle. Just... <laughs> <laughs> It make any sense. It's the same way I don't understand how horses work because they have such skinny legs and such big bodies, and it doesn't make any sense. They should be able to support that much weight. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. <laughs> if you want to hear more about men's shapes, go listen to Bone Zone. <laughs> if you can explain to me how horses work, I'd love to know. <laughs> But yes, listen to Bone Zone because we're always just talking about those men. <laughs> and I am all caught up in adding screenshots, or no, updating our um, O&R podcast Instagram page. Yay! Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, go to the Instagram, check it out. It's at, uh, at O&R podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, comment, have a good time. And, uh, and commented on something that made me laugh. <laughs> oh, I'm Danny Glover. <laughs> Tell me, like, you look better than you expected. 
better than I expected, but you're still a buff grandpa, Danny Glover. <laughs> How dare you? He's consistently 52 in my mind. <laughs> Fair. Thanks. But also, like, he looks surprisingly good. And the amount of time I spent pausing and forwarding and then rewinding to get the right <laughs> angle, it took a full, like, five minutes, Jason. I took multiple pictures that I then had to delete from my phone so I didn't look like a complete weirdo. My greatest fear is that I will take all these screenshots, I will be murdered, and then detectives will be like, we have to look at her phone, and they look at my pictures, and it's just 18 stills of Danny Glover from The shirtless Danny Glover. Like, the only like, time... <laughs> they're like, we shouldn't bother. This woman is deeply disturbed. We don't need to solve this murder. She's a maniac! Whoever did this Ooh. saved a lot of people out there. <laughs> we call this Mr. Glover let him know. <laughs> call Mr. Glover let him know that he's safe. Very <laughs> <laughs> much. Yep. Sorry, Danny. But <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, apologies to Mr. Glover uh, <laughs> on my end, <laughs> and uh, and thank you guys for listening. You know, thank you so much. We will see y'all next time. Bye.